0: It's time for Outside the Box with Lincoln Stars head coach Rocky Russo and Lincoln Stars broadcaster Joel Norman on 93.7 The Ticket and Ticketfm.com. And welcome in. It's another edition of Outside the Box here on 93.7 The Ticket. As always, our show being brought to you by Raising Canes. I'm Joel Norman and we're joined by the head coach of the Lincoln Stars as always, Rocky Russo. Rocky, how are we doing here tonight?
1: Doing good, Joel. How
0: are you? Pretty good. Another show here. Excited to have it once again. A tough weekend for the Stars, though. They lost last Friday a 6-3 to score in that game before falling the next night as well. So a tough road trip, but looking to reset things. And a great opportunity this weekend, Rocky, with a couple of home games coming up. But a busy weekend and a busy month in general. The final day of January today, this February, is going to be... This is the gauntlet. This feels like a pro schedule coming up for the Stars.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of hockey in a, in the shortest month of the year, and and uh, you know we're gonna have to manage our workload. We're gonna have to manage our recovery. Obviously, we're starting the weekend or the uh, month off with a three game weekend, so um, you know it's a it's a challenge that I think is exciting for the guys, and you know we're gonna we're gonna have a pretty good idea of where we stand in in the conference and in the the league at the end of uh, February twenty twenty three.
0: Yeah, now, of course, the NBA has issues with load management. We're not going to see that with the Lincoln Stars of this month with a lot of games. But you're right, there are going to be some opportunities in there to kind of, you know, try and get the guys some rest in general. What's your mindset going into a busy month like this because of that? In a way, it's got to be exciting, a lot of opportunities. But that fatigue factor, like we mentioned, that's, that's something that's going to be present either way.
1: Yeah, you know what? It's it's all part of the deal. And, uh, you know, it goes back to the schedule. <laughs> Yeah. I, I wish that in those uh one one game weekends early on in the year <laughs> that we would have played two and yeah. uh and we'd probably you know you'd only be looking at a normal month of february instead of uh a couple three game weekends and midway mid game week and uh midweek game and everything else so um you know it's it, it's good uh, i'm excited i'm looking forward to it it's a it presents a challenge and You know it'll we'll have to monitor the way the way we're uh practicing and and uh you know we'll be doing a lot more video and a lot more stuff on the dry erase board and maybe some less stuff uh actually on the ice for practice because you do need to to give the guys some time away from the rink and some time to rest and recover but uh that's all part of the process
0: it's so interesting you don't see it many other levels of hockey three days in a row where you're going to have games. I mean, hockey is one of the most, if not the most, physically demanding sports. You know, just the, the hits you take over the course of a game, the wear and tear is different compared to a lot of other sports. What's a way that you'll you'll try to keep the guys fresh leading into these games? We talked about a little bit after them, giving them the time off, but heading into this busy weekend, what are some steps you're going to take?
1: Well, you you manage it just the same. Okay. You know, you, you, you focus on their, their rest and how much time they have off in between skates and um you know tomorrow I move practice back an hour so that they have an extra hour to sleep um you know and, and they certainly didn't mind that but uh you know I I think anything we can do to get them extra rest is really important and um you know these are such big games for us we're in a we're in a dog fight in this division and obviously The last two weekends didn't go great, but uh, just as quickly as they went the wrong direction, they could go right back in the right direction. So, you know, there's an awful lot of hockey left, and our goals are still well within reach. And and so we're going to do everything we can to make sure that we're in the best condition we can be come game time. Stars with three games again this weekend, as you mentioned. They'll host
0: Sioux Falls this coming Friday. Haven't seen them at the Icebox since the home opener, September 30th. So it's been a while since fans have had a chance to see them. The next night, this coming Saturday, a 6.05 p.m. game with Sioux City before then traveling to Sioux City this coming Sunday for a 3.05 game. And, Rocky, we talked about some of those challenges of the three games in three days. What's something that kind of excites you about it? What opportunities does it maybe present that are something you look at and you go, you know what, this is a good thing and I'm looking forward to that?
1: Well, you've got six points on the line and and an opportunity to to collect a lot of ga- uh, points in a weekend. And I suspect Sunday for for us is probably a game in hand uh, against the two teams that are above us. and And uh, you always want to take advantage of those. and And so, you know, when you've got when you've got two home games, those are certainly exciting and great opportunity for us to collect points. and And uh, hopefully, we're playing really well heading into Sunday and and we take advantage of that game in hand. But Uh, We're obviously not looking forward to to Sunday right now. We have a very good opponent on Friday night, and, and that's our main focus.
0: Only three regulation losses at home this season. They're going to keep it right at that number heading into the weekend. First taking on Sioux Falls. It's been a few weeks, actually, since we've seen them. That was the uh, beginning of December the last time. And the last time you guys faced them, you were a little bit shorthanded because of the World Junior Championship, World Junior A Challenge. They were dealing with that, too. Now you get a crack at them pretty much with everyone back to full health, but so is the same case for them. They'll have Sam Harris once again, but you'll have all your top guys. Uh, what excites you about seeing
1: the Stampede again this coming Friday? Just a different opponent, you know, and and uh, they're they're well coached and they've got a good club. They've got good goaltending, and and uh, you know it's there. There's no days off in this league. Every team we play is is very challenging and tough, and and uh, you know we have to be up and ready for it. And and you know we're we're kind of in that mix now. The the USA Hockey trade deadlines next week. Uh, now there is a a separate trade deadline in the USHL, but, uh, but the parameters on, on making those moves are a little different, but, um, you know, teams are trying to decide whether they're in it or they're out of it. And, and, uh, the standings are so tight in, in the Western conference that, uh, you know, even, even the team sitting in the bottom right now is, is well within reach being in a playoff spot with a couple of wins. So you certainly can't take anybody for granted and, and, uh. You know, I know that there's some trades that are gonna uh, be announced in the next 24 to 48 hours that really strengthen a couple teams in our conference, and and so, you know, we're gonna we're gonna see where we fall when it comes down to uh, what we want to do with our roster. But, um, you know, it's it's a grind every night, and and uh, you know whether we whether we make trades or we don't make trades, we like our team quite a bit, and we've won 20 games with them, and and we know that they give us a chance to win every night, and that's all you can ask.
0: I was talking to Waterloo's broadcaster the other day and he was he said he looked at our roster and he said, You guys are kind of the model of consistency. The roster's been largely the same since mid November. How nice is that to kinda of have the same group of guys in place that you can start to gradually build things up over the course of the season like this?
1: Well, you know, that's a that's a, a tip of the cap to uh to Nick, our GM and and uh Billy Puglisi, our our former assistant GM and and uh, our scouting staff that Did a good job of identifying players, and you know, I I'd like to feel like I'm a part of that, but that's what those guys do, and that's their job, and they're very good at it. And and so you know, we did a good job of building this team in training or in main camp, and then ultimately training camp. And um, you know, we we don't believe that that there needs to be a ton of changes to be made, and and that's a directive from from Mr. Fernandez, and something that I agree with. Now, with that being said, when the right move comes to fruition you you make it and you know i look at uh the doug grimes trade that we made last year that was uh obviously a a great trade um you know acquiring mason marcellus was a great trade Um, worked out pretty well you know so you 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 have to move good pieces and you have to you know it's sometimes it's a little easier for for the folks that are doing personnel um because they're they're a little bit separated from the room uh it's always harder on on the coaches because we've spent a lot of time with these guys and built relationships with them and and uh so there's a human element that that comes into it and and so i'm always you know i'm always looking to get better if we can get better but not at the sake of of uh moving somebody that i think is really really important to our locker room or or uh you know, and and I, I like to talk about emotional deposits to the bank account, and and uh, you know these guys they they put a lot of emotional deposits in, and and uh, over the the course of a season or two seasons now with some of these guys their their bank accounts are pretty full, and and uh, that goes a long way with coaching staff, and and the good part is is um, Nick understands that. You know, Nick and I have such a good relationship and, and uh he understands the value of of uh some of those things and you know, we have a common goal we want to win. We want to win a Clark Cup here in Lincoln and and bring it back and uh I don't know where they'd have a parade. Um It's if gotta we be were, down Haymarket, I, right? I I, sus- I suspect, <laughs> but if if we were to be uh lucky or fortunate enough to win a Clark Cup, but uh you know, that's what he wants, that's what I want, and, and obviously that's what Mr. Fernandez wants. And so we're doing everything we can to, to help develop and, and grow this organization so that we have an opportunity to do that.
0: I'm glad that you brought up that emotional side because I think you see this across many different sports at different levels. There's that question each year of the values of upgrading the team at the sacrifice of maybe altering the locker room a little bit how do you how do you manage that? Because you've been in this position before, making those specific trades before. What's always been your approach? Does it just kind of vary a little bit year
1: to year? You know, you 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 value what that player brings on the ice versus uh what you might be trading out of the locker room when, when you make those decisions and sometimes they're easy. So they really are. Sometimes they're easy. There's guys that um, either they don't fit in the room or they haven't bought in wholly to your culture, or they, you know, they butt heads with some guys in the room. And, um, and sometimes they're really, really hard. And, you know, I've been doing this for 18 years. I've, I've made a lot of trades in, in my career. And, and, uh, you know, I'm not always right. I haven't always been right, but I, I have been quite a few times. And, um, you know, when you make the right trade, that, it, it bolsters your team and, and, uh, you know, I a couple of years ago, I actually I made two additions to our team in September. Uh, I added Gabriel Seeger, who's now a, a dynamic Division One college hockey player at Cornell, and Logan Genuine, who scored sixty goals for us in sixty games that year. And so, when it came around trade time in February, we didn't do anything. And uh, you know, everyone's like, "Oh, what are you, you going to do anything?" And I said, "We we made our trade deadline moves in September." We just happen to have those guys for the whole season and so um you know, we've been we've been potentially looking at things. Um but, you know, it's teams are they're not out of it in December, right? And so the likelihood of them trading a, a high end player is is not always there, you know. Uh the Matika kid that got traded to Waterloo, like he wouldn't have been available two months ago, but you know, once Madison decided they were out of it, then, then the, the bidding started and um, Waterloo made quite a bit, And so they were able to acquire his services and, and uh, you know, it's, it's tough because everybody wants to win a Clark Cup. Everybody's interested in, in bettering their club and, and, uh, and then you have to wait until after the fact. Find out whether you made the right decision or not. And, and, uh, you don't know until May. No, you don't or, or longer because you don't know the impact that that kid's going to have in your room, in your billet house, in your community. Um, is he going to buy into what you're, what you're selling as a staff? Is he going to mesh with your group? Uh, is, is, you know, was he producing because, you know, the way things were run there were, a little loose and he gets into some structure and things don't go as planned. Like there's, there's so many variables. There's so many variables and, and, uh, you do the best you can with the information that you have and, and you hope that you're making good choices. And, and, uh, I mean, the reality of it is, is that's no different than when we select the players for this team. You know, we, we do our homework and, and we make sure we do that, that character check and, and, uh, figure out whether that kid has the right personality to be a part of our club. And, um, but, but you're never going to hit a hundred out of a hundred times. And, and so if you do make a mistake, the, the real challenge is is knowing when to, to, to cut your losses and move on from somebody and say, Hey, I made a mistake and this didn't work. And, um,
0: I imagine that's the most challenging part.
1: Well, you, that means you, you have to admit that you, you, you made a bad choice. And, uh, you know, as, as I've gotten older, it's, it's, easier for me to to admit if I make a mistake and and uh um move on from it and and worry about what tomorrow holds instead of what yesterday was so um we'll see we'll see I I'm I'm you know I really like our group is the bottom line I really like our group I think we have a lot of really great guys and and really good hockey players and um they work hard and and uh you know, that's that's what our fans ask for is a is a blue-collar, hardworking team. And I think that's what we're delivering. Yeah,
0: that's what they've been doing so far.
1: This is Outside the Box being brought
0: to you by Raising Canes. You're on 93.7 The Ticket, chatting Lincoln Stars hockey with myself, Joel Norman, and the head coach of the Stars, Rocky Russo. Love to have you be part of the show. Give us a call on the Honda of Lincoln Hotline, 402-464-5685. Or text us on that same line, the starter hayman text line, 402 464 5685. Talking a little bit about trades, the trade deadline coming up a bit here in the USHL. And Rocky, we were touching on that emotional element sometimes of it. It's tough to trade certain guys. I wanted to ask you about this. Have you ever had a trade where it was, just, it was a really tough one where there was a guy who you thought, I don't want to get rid of this guy, but we kind of have to make this trade because the guy we're getting back is going to help us so much more right now?
1: Oh, yeah. I, I've done that many times. Um, I've, I've gotten emotional. In, in those meetings, um, I will tell you that when I was coaching in St. Louis in 2009 10, um, and this is a funny story because it's like that Kevin Bacon six degrees of separation, but, um, we traded a player right at the deadline. Um, that player's name was Nick Peruzzi. Nick Peruzzi was the associate head coach here two years ago in Lincoln. Um, we traded Nick Peruzzi to uh, to another team in in Michigan, the Michigan Warriors, or I don't remember where we traded him. And our captains came in the room and they said, "You can't trade him." They said, "We want him here. He he's and he was a 13th, 14th forward as a time at the time he was a young kid, uh, first year junior player, and uh, and so we they walked out of the room and Jeff Brown looked at me and he's like, "What do we do?" And I'm like. Jeff this is the first for me like you know I I don't think we should go back on what we did like we we did what we thought was right I said but we should consider their thoughts and and their emotions now we did make the tournament and we were, we did a terrible job at the tournament and we and we didn't win anything and um you know who's to say whether the the trade going through would have impacted us or not but um we ended up pulling the deal and, and keeping Nick around and, and, uh, you know, our, our captains were very persuasive in their, in their opinion on why they wanted to keep Nick. And, um, Nick's such an awesome guy. Like I, I've, you know, I, I was privileged enough to coach him and then got to know him. And, and, uh, it's funny how things work. He, um, he started coaching not long after he quit playing and I was coaching in Philly. And all of a sudden, he was the assistant with the North American League team in Philly. We were playing out of the same building. Um, and then he got a job in Youngstown, which is where I was from. And I first started my coaching career. And then he ended up here in Lincoln. And now I'm here in Lincoln. And Small so, world. Um, I don't know if I'm going to Northern Michigan next. I don't know. That's where he <laughs> is. We'll see. <laughs> uh, obviously, I'm, I'm kidding. But, yeah. uh, you know, it's just kind of funny how, how things like that work.
0: Yeah, when you look back at that now we've we yeah, we got a couple from the uh the, excuse me, the text line I want to get to and again you can join the conversation 402-464-5685. Uh Bill asked, do you have any idea when the US USHL will go back to interdivisional play? Sure would be nice to see an Eastern Division teams play at the ice box. I agree with you, Bill.
1: <laughs> I can't wait to play teams outside of our conference and and uh I I cannot confirm it cuz I don't know for sure um there is a lot of speculation and conversation um that that we will start to mix in some eastern conference games next year um whether that means a full slate of eastern conference games or not I'm not sure yet mm-hmm. uh I do know that in talking with Nick and talking with Alberto that that they're interested in having east coast or eastern conference teams on the schedule as well we know that that it'd be fun to see different teams come into our building. We would enjoy going to play in some other buildings. Um, and, and truth be told, I, you know, I'm from Youngstown. Like how much would say. I love to go back? And <laughs> I started my coaching career in Youngstown and, and uh, um, now I, you know, I'd love to be able to go back and coach against them as the stars head coach. So.
0: Here's what we got to do, Rocky. We've got to make sure the schedule's set up next year, fall classic, and then go to Youngstown right afterward. Hit it while we're over on that side of the country anyway, right?
1: I wouldn't be opposed to that. <laughs> I really wouldn't. It would be cool to to spend a week and you know, you could make it a ten day trip and you could play them and you can even shoot over and play Chicago on the way back yeah. and um, you know, Muskegon or Green Bay, like and then look at Cedar Rapids and Dubuque. Why don't we play them now? I, I'm with They're you. not like they're shorter trips than Fargo. Yeah. They're just as long as, as some of the other trips that we take. So um, we'll see. But, but Bill, the short answer is we all agree, and we want to have those uh, those Eastern Conference teams here in the icebox soon.
0: Uh, and then we do got one more. Uh, this one says, kind of a random question, Coach, but I heard you're a good cook. What's your best dish?
1: <laughs> I would like to think I'm a good cook. I, um, <laughs> I've heard great stuff. I, I would say, you know, Um, I made, I made some really good linguine clams for Christmas, brought that over to, uh, to our, our family friend's house for, for dinner. But, um, my meatballs and, and my homemade sauce are, are my go-to. I mean, I'm a, I'm an Italian guy and, uh, I inherited that recipe from, from my dad and my uncles and my grandma and, and, uh, my meatballs are, are legit, and I'll be I, I will I'm not bragging, my meatballs are legit.
0: We're gonna sell them at the ice box then. That's what we need to have
1: as a special. I don't, I, no, no one's getting that recipe, <laughs> number one. And number two, I don't have time to cook them every week. But um, but they they are fantastic. And and that's probably what I'm most uh, proud of. Now I am really excited that my daughter's got me the attachment for my, my uh mixer that I can make the homemade pasta. And so that's on my agenda. My mom's actually flying into town tomorrow with her husband. And so looking forward to, uh, to having a day, uh, probably Monday actually, when we're off of making, making sauce and meatballs and homemade pasta. And, um, and I do need to get the staff over to, to have, have their taste of the, the sauce and meatballs too. So, um, but yeah, I would say that I'm a, I'm a decent cook. I come from a family of cooks, my parent or my dad and my grandma and, Owned a restaurant when I was a little kid, Russo's restaurant, and That's really and cool. uh my dad was always in the kitchen. Um he cooked dinner every night that he was there. Obviously he's a fireman, so every third day he was at the fire station, but uh he catered on the side and and uh cooked at the cooked at the church. He started the the church fish fry during Lent when we were kids probably to knock off some tuition. Cause there was four of us going to private school. <laughs> um, but he's always, you know, like he just was always around the kitchen. My grandma was always around the kitchen and, and now my uncles are too. And, and so it's just kind of something that, uh, you know, you learn by watching and, and, uh, they, they, they always enjoyed it so much that now that, that I've, uh, got a family of my own, that's, that's something I really enjoy doing
0: now explain to stars fans about the story with the meatballs from earlier this season with the jersey auction
1: well um if
0: they haven't heard it already
1: so i don't remember which auction it was this was but, the military night one okay so it was the military night and and i there was a russo jersey in that auction that's right and uh, it was it was reaching the top of of the income surpassing boston Buckburger's jersey um, and we were at the twenty four, twenty $2,500 so, yeah. dollar mark. And, and, uh, one of the gentlemen to my right said, you know, they went back and forth, back and forth. And it came to him and, and, uh, he looks at me and he goes, you throw in a batch of your meatballs and I'll, you know, I'll <laughs> up it another hundred bucks. And, and so I agreed and we did. And, uh, I made his meatballs for him. Okay. I did. And he hit me up for sauce too after I gave him the meatballs, <laughs> um, and actually I said email me. It was right over Christmas break. I gave him the meatballs right before Christmas, and and uh, I gave him I gave him twenty five meatballs. Like that's a, a really that's really good. Yeah. So um, I said if you really want sauce, email me. And and uh, I said I might be making it. If not, I know I have three or four bags of uh, of sauce that I had made in the freezer. Well. Fortunately, he did not email me because I only had one bag of sauce left, and I made a homemade lasagna for (laughs) Christmas Eve, and I used that sauce. So my wife would have been really bummed if if I used the last bag of sauce because she wanted that lasagna for Christmas Eve, and I was not not spending the the day making sauce over the Christmas holiday. Um, But I am due because I'm out. I'm out of sauce, and my mom loves when I make sauce. So I know for sure uh, that I'll be making sauce this week at one point.
0: I'm telling you, our fans are they're missing out that they can't have this kind of cooking at each game.
1: Just it would add to the character
0: of going to a Lincoln Stars game. But hey, you know, it's a busy schedule. It's a busy Gene schedule. Cotter
1: wants the invite to to come have sauce and meatballs too. He just texted us, Joel, and, and wants to know if that includes the billets. It so includes the, oh. I do have a really, really big pot uh that my wife bought me for, for my birthday two years ago. So uh I can make an awful lot of sauce in that pot. Um, to say the least. I'm sure I could feed the billets. On. There, there
0: might be a way to sway a few more billets that come on board. You know, we've got the AAA team. Hey, you know, Rocky makes pretty good meatballs and pasta. You know, why not?
1: As, you know what? As long as the the organization is funding my grocery bill. <laughs> totally fair. Um, because <laughs> I put it this way, my, my, my meatballs have more than just ground meat in them. And, uh, and when you start getting into things like uh, like lamb, then then it gets a little bit that's fair it gets a little bit pricey so um we'll we'll see what we can do for the the uh the billets maybe at the end of the year that would be a cool deal that's
0: a great idea that's a great idea it's uh, chatting a little bit about food here with
1: uh rocky russo
0: here on outside the box i was gonna say rocky i was what's something that you haven't you haven't or you you wanted to make but it's something that's kind of been a challenge or you just you haven't quite gotten to it yet
1: Oh, you know what? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there's, there's a laundry list of things that I, that I haven't gotten to make yet. And, um, you know, there's, the the internet has a way of, of taking the, the intimidation out of cooking new things. Um, and I, you know, I sit at night if I'm not watching video in the garage if i I end up I'm watching beat Bobby flay or I'm watching <laughs> diners drive-ins and dives and my wife laughs at me because I like like it's kind of what I enjoy yeah. doing but growing up as a kid my grandma always had a cooking show on in in the house and and so sometimes it's just background noise sometimes I'm actually really paying attention to what they're making um but there's you know I'd like to delve into uh, different, different genres and cultures of food. I think that would be really good. I, you know, I, I love, I love Chinese food and, and uh, um, but that, that can be intimidating at times yeah. because um, velveting meat is, is not an easy process. I've done it a couple times. The, the, the chicken comes out incredible, but it looks like a complete hurricane hit my, my kitchen when I'm done And, uh, we had a big kitchen in Amarillo with a huge Island. And so, um, we don't have as big of a kitchen here. And, and, uh, I can tell whenever I have one of those nights where I've kind of made a mess in the kitchen, my wife just gives me (laughs) that look like, or she'll say to me, I love when you cook because the food's so good, but I hate having to clean it up (laughs) and, and I can't blame her. You know, I made today I did, uh, I did uh breaded pork chops and, uh, I actually I use uh wheat crumbs wheat bread crumbs and and they come out awesome but obviously you're you're frying them in the in the uh the pan and the coconut oil and so um it makes a mess so that's the one thing I just tell her don't even don't even look at the the stove. I'll clean it when I get home. So I know when I get home after I take the, the trash out, I got to clean the stove because it's a bit of a mess right now.
0: H- hence the energy drink right now, right? Yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. Well,
1: that and our our littlest one has been sick, and so I, my wife's a saint. She gets up probably eighty percent of the time at night, but uh, last night I think we were. Eth- each up three or four times and the night before was even worse. And of course they got sick Thursday right before we left to go to Waterloo. So I felt I felt so bad for, for my wife because they were both sick and she got no sleep on Friday and I'm just kicked back and relaxing hotel, in a yeah. hotel. That made that made the at least the the bad first period on Friday a little bit easier. It was getting a, a good night's sleep. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm telling you, Rocky, we got to do a Cooking with Rocky show in the summer when there's no Stars hockey. Maybe at some point here.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we can come up with something. We need some social media content in June and July, oh, yeah. right?
0: Oh, yeah. I, I think fans would enjoy that, too. They probably would want to taste it more than they'd want to watch it. But yeah, oh, yeah. That, too. But, anyway, we'll take a quick break here. We'll have more in a moment. Uh, Tanner Ludke and Patrick Rafter will be joining us in just a bit after these messages. This is Outside the Box, brought to you by Raising Canes on 93.7 The Ticket.